Hello, welcome to This Week in the Atlantic Coast Conference, the podcast for allsportsdiscussion.com. This is Jeff, one of your podcast co-hosts, and you can follow me on Twitter at TalkinACCSports. The podcast moderator is Matthew, and you can follow him at ASD underscore Hokie Smash. I'm going to turn it over to Matthew now as he introduces the beginning of our podcast. All right, as we wait for Matthew to join us, a quick review of the final of the final four here. Uh, Miami, uh, you know, they had a game effort against against Connecticut Saturday night. Uh, just just too much Connecticut. Just too much Connecticut. Hey, we've got Matthew on on board now. Hey, Matthew, how's it going? We just uh, started a really quick review of of the Final Four Miami and Connecticut. We were just getting into it. Man, how about how about what's how about what's going on, man? I mean, it's been a long time since we've gone on here and gone solo and everything. A sad thing like this. So it's good for us to chat again, Jeff. Catch, catch me, catch me up here. What did you say about what did you say about the what did you say? I, I missed what you said here because I joined a couple, couple, couple seconds late. Of course, we have you know Miami. Of course, probably lost to the best team in the NCAA tournament. Would you agree, Jeff? Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any question about that. I mean, UConn, um, they're just on a roll right now, and and this is the UConn team that a lot of people thought was the best team in the country back in November and December, you know, when they were, you know, beating Alabama by double digits and then coming right back and beating Iowa state the week after. I mean, they were just mowing down opponents early in the season, um, you know, had a little bit of a hiccup, you know, in January during big East conference play, but right now back into the tournament, just, just mowing down people again. And I mean, they, they have it all. They have guard play, They've got size. They can play defense. They can shoot the three. They can score. They can rebound, man. man. They can rebound. They can rebound. I mean, there isn't anything that they can't do. Um, You know, Miami put on a game effort yesterday. Um, You know, there were several opportunities in that second half where, um, you know, you thought Miami was going to have a chance to cut it to to six, maybe, Um, you know, getting it down to eight making a comeback as well as UConn was playing. I mean, Miami just, just wouldn't go away and they just never could get over the hump. UConn always had a response uh, for them, but, you know, absolutely tremendous season for the Hurricanes. Uh, When the final polls come out, they're going to be in the top 10, probably in the top five, final four, you know, Jim Laranaga taking his team to the final four, Isaiah Wong, Nigel Pack, you know, Nortrad Omir, uh, Miller just just had a, an amazing tournament, played so well, but they, they just ran into a buzzsaw against Connecticut. And by the way, I don't think UConn's losses in the Big East Conference are that big of a deal because that was a that was a pretty big, tough conference this year to play in. You know, you saw Creighton make that deep run into the NCAA tournament. I mean, that it was you know this is a that was a pretty that's a pretty tough conference to play in. They were kind of battle tested when they. When they came, when they came here, and you've blogged about this before, Jeff, but you know there's lots of good basketball talent all around the country, right? And so, 
you can, you know, you can, you know, you're playing competitive games in in night, you know, in, you know, every night in and out. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this this kind of talk that we had last summer about the the Big 2, Big 10 and SEC pulling away and, and the revenue sports, it's just not going to happen. I mean, it's it's preposterous to think that they're going to be able to to dominate, you know, across the board, and particularly with basketball. And and we've seen this with the Big East. You know, their athletic departments are 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 far less well funded than even now. And there's just so many good basketball players across the country. There's always going to be um, a spot for basketball centric programs in the NCAA tournament. Now, now football is a, a totally different matter, you know, that we could talk on about, but I mean, you know, they're, you know, the staffs are so big and there's so much that is involved with resources, you know, that, okay, you know, you, you, the money gap could, you know, that, that, that could be a problem, but with basketball, it, it has far less effect and, and, you know, don't let anyone tell you different, you know, the big 10 and sec are not pulling out of a, a national, tournament they're, they're just not good enough for one thing the, the the other part there's just too many good basketball players across the country jeff let's talk about women's basketball and i, I want to ask you a, a a question here why did it take 41 games for somebody to play the pack line d against uh, south carolina uh, yeah i saw what you posted on twitter and, and i think that that sec basketball the men's and the women's um, they, they suffer from one one issue when it comes to their game management from their coaching. Staff. So bad coaching they, they it is. One... Bad coaching. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm> sorry, <laughs> uh, that's part of it. I mean, the, the, these coaches they know how to assemble staffs and and they know how to assemble teams with players wise, but none of them scare you X's and O's wise. I mean, if they can't physically overwhelm you, they're they're not coaching themselves into a win. And, you know, they, they do try to phys- play physical. They try to beat you by out athleting you and, and the men do it. And I think that's why you saw it with the with the women. I mean, it's pretty obvious when you pay South Carolina, the only way to beat them is to pack it in. I mean, they're huge. They're a big basketball team. And, you know, you're not going to beat them on the boards. You're not going to beat them inside. So you got one shot, pack it in and hope they miss. And, you know, very very few teams in the sec even tried that and, and i don't think any of them tried it you know, jeff they, they, in 41 games i don't mean to sound like i'm being a smart ass here but <laughs> yeah i mean i'm not saying I, I can't say i saw every south carolina game that i mean i know they had a couple close games um so i, I don't know if, if there was nobody that tried it nobody but, played uh, the pack line d that i'm aware of jeff I'm not aware of it, and that would be the way that you would have to play South Carolina to have a chance. I mean, you go man to man, they're going to destroy you on the glass. And uh, even when I w- did that, um, you know, they still got hammered on the glass. But you know, it, I always thought that was the way teams should have played Connecticut when they were on their mega run. Um, you know, just you got to pack it in, try to hold your own on the on the glass and inside, and hope they miss the three. And, uh, and speaking of the villain, yeah, speaking of the villain, Jeff, I mean Virginia Tech almost beat the villain. The new villain, of course, is L is LSU, because you've seen the you've seen the chatter uh, on Twitter today. And I mean Virginia Tech made it to the third quarter and they were leading. And they and they they I mean I'll tell you, Jeff, did you watch any of that game, Jeff? 
I only saw the very end of it. Okay, so about I would say about around the start of the second quarter, Kenny Brooks switched from a man to man to a two three zone, and it almost looked like a pack line D, and completely stopped LSU cold for two quarters. They couldn't adjust at all, and it was it was you know it was pretty ridiculous. And you saw their coach. You know, Mulkey just complaining about various calls here and there, even though they weren't doing it. They just couldn't do anything. But the fourth quarter is when Virginia, you know, Virginia Tech lost to LSU. And I, I think the short rotation that Virginia Tech had, I mean, LSU was able to wear it down, kind of like what you are talking about earlier, where, you know, if you had enough depth, you could wear people down. And that's what happened. That's what happened to Virginia Tech. But this was a, it was a really terrific year for Virginia Tech. I mean, I posted so you know I posted a few things about it on Facebook where they had you know the first thirty win season. I mean, just so many firsts: the first ACC title, the first triple double. Uh, you know, give me just a second, and I can tell you a couple a couple more things. It was uh, uh, gosh, the first one seed, the first trip to the NCAA Final Four, the most three-pointers made in the NCAA tournament. It was just a really a terrific season of first for, for the Virginia Tech women. And, you know, I there was an announcement today that uh, Liz Kitley is coming back next year for Virginia Tech. She's taking that COVID year, and she's actually going to come back to the team when she could have been a top 10 or even some would say top five WNBA draft pick. So she's coming back next year for Virginia Tech. Uh, so is uh, Georgia Amor. She'll be back. She'll, she's flying back from Perth, Australia, to come back here, come come to Blacksburg to play. You know, to play with the team. And so there's going to be a lot of players coming back. There's going to be a, a nucleus of of new players, but highly talented players that are coming in. And I suspect Kenny Brooks will get a few people from the transfer portal. But Jeff, how long can Virginia Tech hold on to a coach like that that's made multiple NCAA tournaments? Yeah, I mean, if this this is the concerning part, you know, if you're Virginia Tech, if uh, if Baylor can't hold can't hold on to to Kim Mulkey after, you know, most coaches say, hey, I want to go to a place where I can win national titles. I mean, she was winning national titles at Baylor and was one of the premier women's basketball programs, and LSU, um, you know, just snatched her up, and now they have a national title. Um, yeah, it's something that 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 Virginia Tech's going to have to look at and hold on to because, um, you know, those SEC schools they they want to win at everything. Um, Big Ten they got the money to win at everything, but they don't win at anything. But you know, SEC is a different a different matter. And you know, one one of those uh, you know who I I don't know the coaching situation on the women's. Um, side you know and barely enough to 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 speak on it but i mean who knows if one of those programs you know not i'm saying they're looking for a coach but i mean a florida or georgia or something like that who who's trying to catch up to south carolina lsu you know saying all right you know we're going to try to win it women's basketball i mean then you'd have to look at at, at the virginia tech coach would be in that picture that they're going to have to virginia tech's going to have to make a, a significant investment i would say to hold him onto him the next three or four I years. I agree with you, Jeff. And I think I would even say over the next year. Yeah, you know, you know, very well. Because, 
Virginia Tech is going to be in the NCAA tournament again next year. I'm certain of that. With the people that are coming, with the players that are coming back next year, Jeff, the Hokies will be in the NCAA tournament next year. Um, I, I think they're going to have to make a significant investment after next year to next year to keep Kenny Brooks. He is a Virginia, you know, a Virginia man, right? I mean, he coached at JMU, coached at Virginia Tech. He, this is his state here, but you know, I think it's like you said, Jeff. I mean, I, you know. The Big Ten or the SEC is going to come calling with some big dollars for, for for um for for Kenny Brooks. I mean, it happened with the happened hap, you know happened with the you know when they hired the when they hired the former wrestling coach. You know, other schools you know the other schools hire the former wrestling coach. Um, you know, it's 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 what happens, right? When you get this, and this is where where I'm kind of transition. I love having a random open mic with you, Jeff, because I can just talk with you on what I what's on my mind, and 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 it's a kind of a good transition because we're about ready to talk about money, and I want to kind of tra- re- reserve the ter- topic back to you about how Jim Phillips needs to start. Um, what did we talk about, Jeff? <laughs> he needs to get more money for the ACC. The floor is yours, Jeff. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. How much? What what can we say about Jim Phillips? I mean, we we got him talking about trying to change basketball narratives and don't have don't have the coaches, you know, criticizing, officiating, and and things like that. And I mean, that's all well and good, um, but I mean, I want to hear him talk about one thing. The only thing that matters to the ACC right now is is the bottom line revenue. And if he's not talking about that. Uh, I'm not really that interested in, in everything else he's talking about because he that that should be revenue should be the number one, number two, number three, number four, number five, six, seven, eight, nine out of his top ten list of what he's working on. You know, I you know he, his heart's in the right place when he was talking about we got to change the basketball narrative, you know, f- for more bids, but that kind of thing will. You know, and and we do think that the the ACC, you know, has been underappreciated nationally the last two years. Um, but that kind of thing will take care of itself. And and when we can talk about that as as well, I mean, it was definitely pulled down by you know out of conference results, particularly by Florida State and Louisville. Um, Louisville, my goodness, they had atrocious computer metrics. You know, they were in the three hundreds by by pretty much everything ken palm net rpi you name it they were one of the worst teams in basketball history in the acc and if they're just kind of garden variety bad where they would have been like around 180 all of a sudden you know the clemson loss to louisville instead of you know knocking them 30 spots down in the in the net you know knocks them down 10 or 15 they're in the ncaa tournament you know, Miami losing to Florida State at home, making them a, a five seed. They're probably a three seed if if Florida State, you know, is kind of the garden variety bad and not, you know, the, the kind of the numbers that they were were producing, which weren't as bad as Louisville, but they were still some of the worst in the AC in ACC history. So I, I kind of think the bid thing will will work itself out over time, um, but. What what Phillips is doing revenue wise, your guess is your your guess is as good as mine right now. I mean, he just that kind of thing is just hasn't been re- revealed, and I, I kind of assume that it's not going as well as we'd hoped because the Florida State 
AD keeps talking about uneven uh, uneven revenue distribution. He keeps bringing it up. So I, I would say so far it doesn't look like Jim Phillips is pulling any uh, rabbits out of his hat as far as that's going. I'm with you. Jeff, we forgot to talk about San Diego State. What a what a what a, what a good story for Brian Dutcher, right? I mean, remember this is the guy that was uh, Steve Fisher's coach at the University of Michigan with the Fab Five. He followed Steve Fisher to San Diego State to kind of get that program going again, and Steve Fisher did a great job bringing it up. And now he's brought this team to the Final Four, playing hardcore physical defense. I think it's going to be a heck of a game between San Diego State and UConn. I still think UConn will win that game, the national title game. But shout out to shout out to Steve. Yeah, I mean, and, and when you look at it, the only conference that's probably worse at communication than the ACC is the Pac-12, and they should have invited San Diego State to join their conference yesterday. <laughs> I mean, what what a what a bold PR move it would have been if they would have announced an invite. Um, the, you know, today, the day before, you know, San Diego State plays for the national title, uh, that would that would have really caught some attention. But of course, the Pac-12 is maybe even worse than the ACC when it comes to, you know, communication. But I mean, right on with what you're saying. You know, a lot of the players from the uh, COVID year when uh, San Diego State, I think, was 30 and two and would have been a number one seed. They got several pl- of those players on this team. And, you know, they, they, like 20, 20 they believe they, <laughs> you know, these are old. Yeah. They, 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 they got an old team. They got a physically mature team, um, a team that was, you know, made up of players on a really good 2020 team that could have won the national title. Um, I mean, I, I feel like that if UConn plays with any sort of pulse tomorrow, I, I do not think it would be as close as what you're saying. Um, I mean, I, I'm seeing UConn with another 15 to 20 point win, but that's what we learned in this entire tournament. There's no guarantees. And if, if UConn, you know, gets in a little bit of foul trouble, uh, misses some early shots uh, early in that game and, and, and lets San Diego state kind of dictate the tempo where it's, it becomes kind of a rock fight game. Um, I mean, then then the Aztecs have a That's shot. What I'm expecting, uh, Jeff. I'm expecting sort of because they play such physical defense and they play so hard on defense. And I don't think they, they're not going to get rattled at that. They're just not going to get rattled at 20, age 23, 24. These guys that feel like they're, you know, war fighters. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's a great point that, you know, they're a bit of an older team and, and, you know they've been good in the past, and I mean this is this is their shot. This is this is their shot to to win a national title. So I mean you made some really good points there. Here's my question for you, Jeff. I'm transitioning the topic because I know you'll love to talk about this. The NIL. I just saw a story recently about. <laughs> I, there was some. I, I can't remember what the player's name is. You might know it better than me, Jeff. But some player apparently got into a bidding war, you know, with Florida at another school, and he was going to get X million dollars for coming there. And then Florida apparently backed out of it, and then the other school backed out of their offer, and he ends up getting a significantly less offer in scholarship at a smaller school. 
And, you know, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, okay, you know what? I'm sorry. You know, these guys almost, you almost need legal representation. If you're a player going through this now, you can't really go through this yourself, right? Because you want to try and get the best deal. But you're never going to have the money to sue somebody if they if they come back, you know, if they, you know, if you're coming from a, you know, perhaps where you don't a family who's doesn't have a lot of money, you're not going to have a lot of money to to sue to get the money to get, you know, to get somebody to honor their deal, right? You know, because I'm sure a lot of those have clauses like, you know, we can back out of this at any time, sort of a deal, right, or something like that. And and I'm not sure that you'd find too many. Maybe you'd find a few pro bono lawyers here and there to try and help it if you're a recruit. But that necess- that's not. I don't think you can necessarily bank on that as a recruit. And I, I think you know I, I'm kind of ranting a little bit about the NIL, Jeff, because I think the NCA had years and years and years to like to chat to kind of chart a path toward what what could actually be a decent, you know decent NIL policy or guidance or, or whatever, you know, to, you know, make sure that, it, you know, could be implemented in a halfway decent manner. And of course they were very NCAA like, and it's kind of, kind of a dumpster fire. And I'm wondering what you think of my rambling here, Jeff. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't disagree with you at all. I mean, the, the NCAA could have got ahead of this like five years ago, everybody knew it was coming. Um, you know, once, once, the O'Bannon case went through with the, the name image and likeness on the, uh, you, you know, when, when that came up and, you know, rather than fight it for all these years, you know, had they worked with the universities and the conferences, you know, they, it's not that it's an easy thing to, um, you know, to, to be, to work towards and to, you know, put down guidelines and guardrails for it. It's not that it was easy, but I mean, it's pretty obvious to anyone but the NCAA that it was coming like a like a freight train uh, years ago. And it, had they prepared, it would have avoided you know some of the stuff that you just mentioned. And I think the player's name was um, I, I want to say it was Anthony Richardson. Yes, yes, that's what it was. Hey, I have a question for you, Jeff. Keep get get keep us updated. What's going on with ACC? Baseball and softball right now. How are we sitting here with uh, teams going to the NCAA tournament and that sort of uh, that sort of thing? That kind of proje- projections. Jeff. Jeff, I can't hear you. Uh, yeah, it's never too early to start looking at where these schools are, are positioning uh, themselves in the ACC. Um, you know, as as far as baseball, I mean, I, th- I think, again, you're looking at an ACC that's probably going to get seven, eight, nine bids. It's, it's um, you know, right there with the SEC is the, you know, it, it's kind of back and forth about which one might be the um, – you know, the number one baseball conference in, in the country. We'll, we'll go ahead and give the SEC the edge because of, um, you know, some of their recent tournament success. But the, but the ACC is right there um, as, a, as a top two conference. And Wake Forest, extremely good this year. That's a top five team. Um, um, you're looking at Virginia again. You know, they've, you know, they've been in the past. 
a, a top 10 team and they're right back there, there again. And, and then, you know, for further on down the list, uh, North, North Carolina has, has got a solid team. Um, uh, Louisville should probably, you know, end up being in, in the field again. Miami, uh, Notre Dame is decent. Uh, Georgia Tech um, can put up a lot of runs. Uh, they have no pitching, but uh, they'll they should be right there, get, trying to get into the field. NC State, um, you know, as well, will is in position. You know, they've got Boston College have a having a surprisingly good year, and and at this point already being looked at as a, as a regional host. Um, so a lot, lot of good quality baseball going on in the ACC. And then when you look on the softball side, um, the ACC has has a, some really strong teams on that side. Again, uh, Florida State, you know, recent national championship winner. Again, very good. Duke is really good. Uh, Clemson, uh, man, they put that program together in a hurry. Um, I, I thought that that was something that was going to turn out to be successful for Clemson, but I thought it would take uh, four or five years for them to build up into uh, an elite level program. Um, but, you know, they, they have their first superstar with, with Valerie Cagle and, you know, they're going to be a national seed. It looks like really, really good uh, team at Clemson, uh, Virginia techs, probably, you know, I'm looking at one bracketologist here from college sports madness on softball. They've got Virginia tech, uh, in the field as well. Uh, let's see if I, Louisville, they've got in the field. So that looks like five or six ACC teams uh, on the women's side. So the ACC will be really well represented in baseball and in uh, softball And you know, when all is said and done. I've had a few Hokies tell me today that they can't rule out Virginia Tech playing its way into an NCAA bid too, because they had a big series win this weekend against Virginia. I didn't expect that to be honest. Yeah. Big, big series for, for the Hokies. Not, that was something I didn't expect. And I think, but you know, I think you'd mentioned earlier that Boston college was much better than people. I think probably much been better than people anticipated. Right. And you know, losing to Miami, well, Miami's pretty, you know, Miami's pretty darn good. So we'll have to see what happens with, you know, the Hokies bats are going to keep them in a lot, you know, as you know, Jeff, the Hokies bats are going to keep them in a lot of games. It's can you, can the Hokies, can the Hokies pitch and keep them, keep them in the games? That's the key. You know, they, they have good, have, certainly have some ex- excellent bats. Uh, so as we look forward, man, to fall, I mean, our football podcasts are going to start next week, Jeff. What are you most excited about? For I mean, have you had a chance to think about football yet? Jeff, if you're talking, I can't hear you. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm one of those ones that I really don't turn the page to to football until basketball is over, and then I start kind of looking at what's going on in the, in the spring. So. You know, I'm I'm ready for these podcasts to start because that's when I start getting my edu- education going on on the ACC and and college football. But I, I've been I've been pretty much basketball the the last 
so well since the college football season i'm one of those ones that i'll I'll watch college basketball in november and december but when the college football season's over i'm i'm 100 watching basketball yeah i get it i get it i can tell you that I think Duke's actually going to be pretty good this year, Jeff. I think that they come in as the – am I saying this wrong? Would they come in to be the favorite to win the Coastal? Is that actually going to happen? I think – aren't we going divisionless this year? Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. We are going divisionless. Let me take that back. Yes, we are. Uh, I forgot. <laughs> oh, God. Yes. We gotta, we gotta so, get used to that one, huh? Yeah, I gotta have to get used to that one. Are they? Yeah. Yes. Yes. My bad. Oh my god, I have to go back and research that. I almost forgot about that. So that gives me a that gives me the the next question that I have here. Then because to me it looks like and I and I haven't had a chance to take a look at Duke's schedule this year, but I think they're I think they're certainly going to put themselves in the t- probably probably in the top four or five, five in the conference this year. I think they have yeah, a very good to get that, to get that. Yeah. I mean, I, I would agree with that. I mean, they had a tremendous year last season under um, Mike Elko, who, who did a fantastic job. And, you know, the, I don't, I don't think there's any reason to think they, they can't have another, um, big season i mean they may come into the season even ranked in the top 25 or on the fringes of the top 25 going into next season i know they open the 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 schedule with with a you know really difficult uh clemson you know to start out out of the gate but you know can they win eight nine maybe even ten games i don't i don't think it's out of the question at all i mean they have notre dame at home they have NC State at home, you know. I mean, it's it's going to be interesting. It's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how it all how, how it all turns out. It's God, you're right. It's so weird not seeing them play Virginia Tech. My God, I'm going to have a hard time getting used to that, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, they're not playing Georgia Tech either here this year. That's that's going to be different. Uh, I mean, I'm looking at their schedule. Thank I mean, you for it, reminding it's... me. <laughs> <laughs> God, and I look at their schedule. It's so weird not to see Virginia Tech on there or Georgia Tech or okay. I mean, they've got a pretty tough schedule uh, overall. I mean, they got to play Clemson, Notre Dame, and Florida State. Um, Lafayette's no 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 drag. You know, that's true. Uh, and I mean, they got a. They do host Northwestern. I mean, NC State should be tough. I think it might be kind of a stretch to see them. Yeah, you look at the schedule, and I mean, I see a path to a 10-win season uh, or nine, uh, but I, I'm not sure if if they can match this quite the success of last year. But I mean, I you know, can can they be a top 25 team? Yeah, I think they come into the season with a lot of confidence. This is a much tougher schedule than they had last year, Jeff. <laughs> right yes yeah yeah okay so that's i get i guess that kind of blows my theory and i have to go back and <laughs> and i have i have to be like you and i have to go back and research 
my God, I completely forgot about that. I can't believe that. What else? What what other things uh, have I forgotten about? Are there new rules that I need to be aware of, Jeff? <laughs> Are there new rules I need to be aware of this year? Seriously, uh, they probably they probably do have some uh, some new rules out of there. But I, honestly, I haven't paid that much attention to to the new rules yet for the college football season. Oh my God, I haven't paid attention to anything for college football season yet. So this is a good time for me to get in there and research on what's going on, what's going on. Now I'll, I'll use this as my closing, as our closing statement here, Jeff. Uh, I saw today that like, I mean, it was kind of interesting. And I went on Twitter and then all of a sudden I saw people going back and forth about the trash talk from Caitlin Clark and from Angel Reese, right? Caitlin Clark, as you know, is that guard from Iowa who kind of, who kind of was like, yeah, gave the old wave off when she was guarding somebody from South Carolina, like, uh, yeah, I'm going to let you shoot. I'm not even going to guard you sort of thing. And then, you know, kind of showed the fingers with the ring. And I think we saw Angel Reese do that towards the end of the game here. But I think that both players were, you know, both players are pretty much known for trash talking throughout the entire game. Right. And both, both players were, were uh, very, I think they were both very, gracious to each other in the press conference right you know but i i saw that the go the you know the going back and forth on the twitter about oh this person's bad this person's bad that sort of thing i'm like no i don't think either of them think of that and i think they're both going to laugh about it when they get to the wnba is what i think yeah i mean you know i think this is part of you know the growth of the women's game you know that that you know, we're seeing like these personalities, you know, we're, we're, we're seeing, you know, this also happened. There was a, a, a back and forth even before what you described with LSU and, and, and Iowa with, with, with Reese and Clark. I mean, in the, uh, I think it was, was it the elite eight sweet 16 when Texas and Louisville played and, and their superstar Haley Van Lith, you know, she had a Texas player get into it with her as they were in the handshake line. And, you know, you know, you don't, you're not seeing anything. It's like you said, it, you're not seeing anything dirty from these players or they're, they're not, you know, hurting each other on the court. It's just like, it's really just good fun, you know, trash talking. And, you know, for the young folks out there, I mean, this used, to, it, it, it was like, a daily thing you used to see in the NBA between like the Larry birds and Michael Jordan's and magic Johnson's. And, you know, it, you know, it was just part of, it was just part of the game. I mean, to me, as, as, as long as you're not out there trying to hurt an opponent, uh, a little bit of trash talk, you know, brings, brings a certain energy to the game that, you, you know, the next time LSU and Iowa play, people are going to be like, Oh yeah, I want to see what happens in this game. Yes, um, I, I want to see how you know. Yeah, and yeah. It's it's all in it's all in good fun. And I think LSU. I mean, LSU can be like UConn was being that villain. In part, Jeff, because I I don't think anybody think. Gosh, I hate to sound this, but I don't think anybody think that thinks that Virginia Tech can be the villain. Because have you met that night? Have you met that nice uh, Georgia Amor? <laughs> <laughs> she's, no, she's a nice woman, a nice Australian woman, you know, and come, you know, coming over, gracious, you know, just happy to be over here. Chipper, always happy, 
same with uh, Liz Kitley's a tough player. That's a tough player. She can be tough, but that but LSU seems like they're just that they they want to be that villain like UConn was. Yeah, I mean, do you do you remember? You know, in it was one of the biggest like boss moves I've ever seen on a basketball court, and it was so so awesome. I'll never forget it. And it's it's all in good fun, but you just you, you kind of like to see that from once once in a while. Um, you remember when when Randolph Childress for Wake Forest? It was back in the in the in the mid '90s, and they were in the ACC tournament, and and Childress just had this legendary um, weekend leading Wake Forest to the the ACC title. I mean, it's it's the stuff of legend. And and on one of his three point shots, I think he was playing North Carolina. He he kind of just like did a did a little wave to the, the North Carolina defender. I can't remember who it was. And then he just takes the shot and buries the three pointer. And you know, some people might be like, oh man, what you know who was he could he have been showing him up or was, anything like that? It was that? awesome. <laughs> It was awesome. It was the greatest thing ever. I mean, when you can, when you got a little bit of swagger out there, a little bit of, um, you know, you're out there playing with a little bit of an edge. I mean, you've got that confidence, you know, go, go for it. My only thing, and I think uh, Seth Curry said, uh, or Steph Curry said something to the effect, you know, he's got that shimmy, you know, it, and he said something like, hey, if you're going to shimmy on somebody when they, you know, do it to you after a great shot or something, you know, you've got to take it. That's my only thing. If, if you, if you do dish it out, you got to be willing to take it when it goes against you. And I think most of these players, you know, they, they absolutely, you know, they're, they're just having fun out there on the basketball court, playing with a little bit of an edge, having a little fun, showing their personalities, you know, nothing wrong with it. I'm with you. I mean, and I, and I thought, you know, like I said, both those, both, 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 both uh, Clark and um, Reese were both. I mean, they were both gracious to each other in the press conference, you know. And so, it's like they both ultra. They're both ultra competitive. I never realized how tall Reese is. She's like six three, six three. Oh my god! <laughs> so, but but that's going to be much wa- must watch uh, TV because both both like you said, Jeff. I mean. Both of those teams have a ton of players coming back. And I'd like yeah. to see, you know, and I, I think and Virginia Tech learned today that, you know, like I said, Kitley's coming back. Georgia Amer is coming back. They got some, you know, a couple of new recruits coming in. And then, as you can guess, Jeff, I mean, you know, and I, I think, you know, the coach was, you know, Coach Brooks is pretty good at this. He got some players coming in through the transfer portal. And he'll do the same again. He's he's been able to figure out how how to work how to work that. So, you know they they should be they should be right there next year because that's a, you know it's a pretty good nucleus coming back. It's some good talent coming back. I expect another good year for ACC women's basketball overall next year, Jeff. Yeah, they they the ACC had a um, you know had had a fantastic had a fantastic tournament Miami you know we haven't even talked about them at all I mean they had a tremendous run to the elite eight um, you know knocking off one seed Indiana and and, and 
uh, playing LSU, uh, you know, losing to the eventual national um, champions. And, uh, you know, the ACC had three teams in the Elite Eight with uh, Louisville, who we know they're, they're a perennial top 15 program. Uh, Virginia Tech now, you know, one of the premier programs in the ACC. Miami, we know NC State has been really good. They, they bowed out a little earlier than expected. Um, Notre Dame had a, had a sweet 16 run despite all their injuries were, were really good. And there was a, a tweet, and I'm, gonna, I'm not going to take too long to look for it. I thought I had retweeted it with all the, the stars, like you already talked about, Virginia Virginia Tech, but all of the stars. Ah, here it is. Here it is. Um, now I, I'm going to give the person who tweeted it the credit, but I'm going to butcher his name, I'm sure, unfortunately. Uh, she... Han J E Y A R A J A Y. Um, this is who he said is coming back. Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese, Paige Bukers. We forgot all about her. She's had two, you know, season ending injuries at UConn. If she's back, I mean she's she's every bit the player that Caitlin Clark is. Um Haley Van Lith there at Louisville, Cameron Brink, Olivia Miles, uh Asia Blackwell. Ioka Lee, the players you mentioned at Virginia Tech, I mean, this is such a tremendous uh, year for women's basketball. Their ratings were were through the roof. Um, I think they drew for the LSU-Virginia Tech game three and a half million viewers for that game, and then it was over five million for Iowa-South Carolina. I mean, these are the kind of these are the kind of ratings that you typically see. Uh, for college football, you know, on a good on a good college football weekend, and pretty much any college football postseason game that's not the Rose Bowl or a playoff game. These are these are numbers that are better than that. Um, yeah, just tremendous year for women's basketball in general, and this is just a continuation of what we've seen over the last few years. I mean, people are watching. It's good. It's quality. Uh, they got personalities. Uh, I, I went to one of the I went to one of the games in Greenville because it was right in my neck of the woods, just so I could go be part of the atmosphere. I, I, we went to the um, to the Notre Dame Maryland game, and I mean it it was it was basically a packed house for for a Sweet Sixteen game. So just tr- tremendous. For the for the women's game and and something else just to add to it is that and then Matt Zemick put this on one of his podcasts. It's been written by Andrea Adelson at ESPN too. Uh, they need to decouple the women's tournament uh, from the rest of the NCAA championships. Maybe they should even do it with baseball and softball too when they're doing their media rights agreement because it can stand on its own. That's that's how popular it is now. Um, I agree with you. And if someone said, if someone says that, oh, nobody cares about women's basketball, they're obviously not paying attention because it is it's growing so fast, it's so popular, so good. Um, anyone that looked at like the ticket prices for the Final Four, they were they were probably four or five times more expensive for the women's Final Four than the men's Final Four. I'm with you one thousand percent, Jeff, and. You know, so I look for I will look forward to next year, and it's it, it, that should be fun. What are your closing thoughts, Jeff? Any anything you would like to add, sir? 
you know, we've re we reached the, um, you know, end of the college basketball season. Um, you know, hoping, hoping that San Diego state, I'm going to, hopefully that you're, that you're right, Matthew. And that game is more competitive than I think it could be, but I'm hoping for a competitive game. And then, you know, then we jump right into spring football and then it's like summer preparing for the football season with our podcast. Can't wait for that. Um, but also, you know, like we talked about with baseball and softball, that's just getting really going to as a kind of stretch, stretch drive into those seedings. And, and that's always fun to to watch as well. And that's a couple sports, too, that their championships are really well watched, you know, uh, as well when it comes to June and to the June timeframe, the college baseball World Series and the, and the softball World Series. So it should be a lot of fun. So here are my closing thoughts. Jeff, this is episode 450 tonight. Wow. That's crazy. It's time flies and it's been great. It's for, I can't believe it. It's 400, 450 episodes. It's the longest running independent ACC podcast in the United States. And it's not close. And that's pretty, that's pretty, that's pretty huge. It's, uh, become a well i think it's become a well-listened well-respected podcast i think we just have tons of listeners to come on here and listen to this every week it was kind of fun here going through this kind of going through uh going through just a random open mic tonight and having no no real topics to talk about and talking about whatever's on our mind Oh, and, and it made, made me realize that I have to start studying again because I forgot it that forgot forgot about the divisions for football. But you know, I think I'll I'll rest that on my laurels that I've been watching college hoops and I've been studying for graduate school and that sort of thing. And so I let that thing probably fly fly by. But you know, I'm looking forward to ACC football season beginning. And like you said, I mean, those podcasts start in turn in in earnest next week. We're gonna have. Will Ogenen on here from ACC Nation, and he's going to preview the 2023 Virginia Cavaliers football team with us next, and then we'll have a successive series of podcasts you know, for several weeks after that before we get to August when we have just our great returnees come on this show, and I'm talking about you know, I'm talking about pick six previews, and I'm talking about Matt Semick, and I'm talking about um, Terry Johnson, and I'm talking about – Hank Kurtz, you know, just our, our regular, a regular duo of suspects, as I call them, that come on and come on in August that really tell us that football is here when we have some the heavy hitters come on, you know, in August. And so I'm I'm looking forward to it, Jeff. We got a great ride ahead in the fall, and I've enjoyed uh, podcasting with you over 450 episodes. Yeah, absolutely, Matthew. Enjoyed it. Enjoyed doing this with you over the last few years. It's been a lot of fun and looking forward to uh, the podcast this year and into the future. Have a great week, Jeff. All right. Take care. Bye.